Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is The Daily D.C., The 2020 race is headed to Nevada, but back in Washington, D.C., Attorney General Bill Barr is sort of, kind of, maybe pushing back on President Trump's tweets. We'll get into all of that with two great guests. CNN senior political analyst Ryan Lizza is here with me in D.C., but first, I've got my colleague Kyung La on the phone. She is a CNN senior national correspondent, and she's covering the Klobuchar campaign pretty closely for us. Kyung, thanks so much for calling in. You bet. So uh, you're on the ground in Nevada, where this 2020 race is now going to live for the next uh, week or so. Um, One big development was sort of a non-development development in the race yesterday, which was that the all-powerful uh, culinary workers union, uh, which really uh, can move races in ways that I think unions have been decreasing in political power. They still have a lot of power in, in Nevada in, in Democratic politics, but they've chosen not to endorse. What's behind that? Because they have a culture clash going on here. A little bit of it is that they don't want to direct their union members to get behind one particular candidate. Uh, you have these moderate pro-union healthcare candidates, uh, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, Joe Biden. And so you're seeing this split among the moderates. And I think the what we're seeing in the union here in Las Vegas is very similar to what we saw in voters in New Hampshire as well as in Iowa. So um, that, that same trend is coming here. It's just getting a bit more narrow because this is about health care here on the ground in Las Vegas. Um, there, when I also say there's a bit of a culture clash, um, what one union source told me here is uh, you have a generation of older hotel workers who are you know, cleaning rooms in uh, some of these famous casinos, but then there are kids who are English-speaking uh, primarily. Um, a lot of them are, are very, very left. Uh, telling their parents that they need to reconsider Sanders. So there are a number of things happening. And so this union, um, which I suspected from the beginning, um, wasn't going to directly tell their members how to vote. But it doesn't mean that they aren't issuing these flyers saying that Bernie Sanders will, quote, end culinary health care. That's absolutely happening. Yeah. So there's the non-endorsement and then there's the attempt to take down Bernie Sanders. I mean, they're they're Nobody's getting their backing, but they're clearly aiming their fire uh, at uh, Medicare for all. They believe they've uh, negotiated and and fought hard for health care benefits that are through private insurers and they don't want to get rid of that. And uh, they are not being shy about the fact that they are trying to make sure that Bernie Sanders doesn't advance in the Nevada caucuses. No. 
solution. I mean, this is not just about, yes, it is about healthcare. They want to keep what they fought for. It's a Cadillac healthcare. Uh, if you talk to union members here, they get everything in one building. Uh, I, I care. Uh, prescriptions, uh, for, you know, the, their doctor, emergency care, and, and they really like it. But the union also has had to go to war with some of the richest people in in Nevada to get this health care. So blood, sweat, and tears to get this building, to get this health care, and they're not going to let it go. And they're certainly not going to make any mystery that they don't want Bernie Sanders and his Medicare for All plan. And um, I just want to get a sense from you, you just described something about the age dynamic and the generational uh, gap that you're seeing between the older hotel workers and their kids. That's not just something in a union or in the Latino community. That is, we are seeing age as a definitional dividing line in this nomination contest. And, you know, kind of spinning it on his head, you have young people really rallying around Bernie Sanders especially further west. Uh, The young people in California, young people in Nevada and Arizona like Bernie Sanders. They are, you know, lining up behind his very clear message, the idea of disrupting the norm. That is something that is appealing to young people, especially in the West. Certainly, you've already seen it in the earlier contest. It's making some of the older people nervous. Older immigrant communities here in Nevada aren't exactly thrilled by that message. So, yes, you are spot on. You are definitely seeing that divide happening. And what I wonder as an immigrant myself who has seen younger, you know, American born children affecting their parents, how that resonates. It is powerful when your language is not English. um, Your primary language is not English and you have your English language child telling you this is the way to vote mom and dad. That is very powerful. Before I let you go, I want to turn to Amy Klobuchar specifically, who uh, you are following and covering uh, for us out on the campaign drill, doing a brilliant job at it, as always. I want you to hear uh, something she said yesterday. It almost seemed to me like she was starting to pull a line out of the Biden playbook that's been there, part of his stump as it relates to Trump. She is seizing on the news this week about the interfering, if you will, in the Roger Stone case. And I want to I want to have you hear what Klobuchar said last night about Trump. And I can tell you right now uh, that uh, the rule of law is not going to be able to take four more years of a president who thinks he's above it. Our democracy... Our democracy is not going to be able to take four more years of a president who thinks that he can bulldoze right through it. Kyung, this notion of not being able to sustain another four years and also her ability to sort of just seize on news of day and and seamlessly put it into her pitch, uh, it's a little bit uh, of a sharper attack than I think we've heard from her in the past, no? Uh, She is. Definitely much more on the attack. We just came out of a gaggle that she had, uh, a reporter gaggle right outside of her event where after she toured the culinary health care uh, facility. And she was on the attack talking again about this similar theme of we can't take four more years. She then directly attacked Bernie Sanders and she also directly attacked Mike Bloomberg. This, you know, aiming at the other Democrats 
is definitely something new. She is much more aggressive now. Uh, she is, yes, playing Midwest nice, uh, the unifier. I want to bring Democrats together, you know, the, the lovey-dovey stuff that she really likes to talk about. But make no mistake about it. This is a candidate who is getting much more sharp when it comes to calling out candidates, uh, making sure that people in this state know that she has a definite different vision than Bernie Sanders. And she said she can't beat Mike Bloomberg in national advertising, but she can't wait to beat him on the debate stage. So these are uh, definitely somebody, a candidate who's feeling much more confident especially when taking on her competitors. Thanks so much for your time, Kyung. Really appreciate it. Good luck out there on the trail. You bet. Thanks, David. I now turn to Ryan Lizza, senior political analyst here at CNN and chief Washington correspondent at Politico. Ryan, welcome to The Daily DC. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So um, I actually want to start on this D.C.-based story out of DOJ with you and then get your thoughts about its impact uh, on the campaign trail. Here was Attorney General Barr in his interview with ABC News, and you are going to tell me whether this is an actual rebuke of the president or part of a choreographed dance. Here it is. I have a problem uh, with some of some of the, the tweets to have public statements and tweets made about the department, uh, about uh, our people in the department, our, our men and women here, about cases pending in the department, and about judges before whom we have cases, uh, make it impossible uh, for me to do my job. What do you make of that, Ryan? So the, I think there are a, a couple of interpretations. One is the brushing. He was brushing back uh, the president. He was trying to tell the president to, you know, back off uh, and assert some independence, send a signal to people out in the the, the sort of former uh, DOJ community that t- tends to dominate the conversation on the on the airwaves on CNN and 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 uh, other uh, cable networks that are worked up and outraged by Trump's interference, right? and sending a a signal to the judiciary and other places that he's not going to tolerate that. Um, And, and, you know, I think a part of it is that, but um, he's proven to be uh, quite nimble at implementing what Donald Trump sees as what his role should be at the Department of Justice. So a slightly more cynical but perhaps more accurate interpretation is him basically saying to Trump, I've got this, but you don't need to tweet all the time, to, you know, to, to to make it more difficult. <laughs> right. Same thing that, you know, it's this has happened in other other departments. Right. Every once in a while, um, the 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 the. Um, There'll be, you know, Trump, uh, Trump attack on, say, the FBI, uh, which obviously is in the Justice Department, or the intelligence services, and the leadership of those places will have to. They'll be sandwiched in between protecting and defending the people who work for them, and of course, you know, uh, you know, uh, making sure that the president doesn't uh, get mad at them or, or fire them. So I think that this, you know, th- there's a little bit of a dance here, but but from on a day-to-day basis, what we see Barr doing. He seems like uh, he's right in line with what Trump wants. Yeah. 
and he's just telling the, the the president how they can accomplish this goal together without some of the the, the 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 public drama. Which is why I think his actual statement here, Ryan, is factually untrue. It's clearly not impossible for him to do his job <laughs> yeah. because the president's been tweeting about all sorts of things related to the Justice Department throughout Mr. Barr's tenure, and he's been able to do his job. So it's not actually impossible for him to do his job while the president is tweeting. Now, now maybe he does genuinely believe, and you have to you have to think there's something to to the fact that people. Well, you know, his prosecutors are resigning. Judge, you know, it's going to make it more difficult uh, when he when his prosecutors go before judges. Without a doubt. I've seen he had to put out a fire inside his own department. And uh, there's no doubt about this. And this was the PR exercise to do so. But whether or not it was designed to be that. Or an actual like pushback on the president. It seems more the former than the latter. More the former, because he's 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 made it very clear that he. Has is ideologically in sync with the president's view of an extremely expansive view of the uh, you know of, of what the executive's role is and this what, whole notion of a unitary executive, this unitary executive that has been you know something that's we 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 all uh, uh, debated and and learned a lot <laughs> about in the Bush Cheney era because this is something that goes you know back to the the seventies and, and when and Cheney and Rumsfeld uh, when when they were young people in, in politics and they saw a sort of weakened. Uh, uh, executive branch through a series of crisis crises uh, in the 60s and 70s, and they wanted the the presidency to be more assertive, um, to stand up to Congress. Um, and this, you know, this theory has been developed uh, in, in conservative legal circles for a long time. I don't. Th- Trump sort of fell into it, right? <laughs> if you're a, if you're a president who wants to be a powerful president, it's a great theory. And so I think he said, and, and he, but he's got a lot of actual legal uh, firepower uh, uh, on his side. And Barr comes out of that strain of thinking. Let me ask you about the politics of this, because to me, I'm always curious. Well, what the politics of this? Because what this brings to light really is the Trump behavior, right? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the politics of the Trump behavior side of the equation, which uh, clearly was in the uh, calculus of voters in 2018 when they yeah yes it was about health care but clearly uh, Donald Trump was hanging over the entire midterm election and, and voters uh, especially independent voters or suburban women uh, went and expressed I think in their votes some displeasure with the president's behavior so when it comes to light again like this do, do, is this an opportunity for the Democrats or no this is just more Trump noise that each side has sort of figured out how to factor in. It's baked in and there's not this doesn't move people. I, I think it is. It's a it's a it's a somewhat dense debate for people to you know wrap their heads around. But it, I, I think it it is of a of a piece with um, tr- behavior that the president engages in that previous presidents did not. And if you voted for Trump uh, in 2016 um, because you just couldn't stomach Hillary Clinton and maybe you didn't quite know what you were getting and you're having some regrets, you know, those are the voters. Democrats have to win back. You know, I've always my simple explanation for 2016 is two candidates that the swing the swing group was People who hated both Hillary and Trump, and they chose Trump, broke for Trump. Yes, <laughs> and so if you know if, those, if that's still a key swing group, and you got to win them back, you've got to convince them like, okay, Hillary's not on the ticket anymore, but you know you, you made a mis- you know you made a mistake. And voters don't like to admit they made a, they made, made, made a mistake, and so. Look, is this this is not going to be you know there there there's a new issue every day. We just had impeachment, you know. It's not clear that that's going to be an issue in, in the fall. So true, but it's in that whole giant bucket um, 
you know, garbage truck of, you know, presidential behavior that Democrats um, will seize on in, a, in an election that will be about, you know, do you fire the incumbent or not? Right. I mean, I agree with you. That will that's what a reelect is about. Right. Do, do you fire the incumbent or not? You see some of these Democrats, though. I mean, they all talk about Trump. I'm not suggesting they don't. But some of them, um, Bernie Sanders, one comes to mind, would really rather not talk about Trump and be focused on much other things. Other of them, Joe Biden makes Trump, you know, so central to everything he does. Um, Pete Buttigieg, it's really not a huge component. He does this one bit about imagine the day after Trump, like to get beyond him. But it's not. And now, I, you know, I do think as we were just talking to Keong, Amy Klobuchar is starting to bring the Trump thing back in a little bit. Do you think there's a there's yet a winning way of how to use Trump best in terms of the Democratic nomination fight? I feel like the the um, the closer we got to Iowa and New Hampshire, even as impeachment took over what was going on in Washington, you know, the candidates, they were they struggled with this issue more than ever, because on the one hand, of course, voters are, you know, looking for the person who can beat Trump. But on the other hand, you're 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 in a two front war and the front immediately in front of in front of you is to figure out a way to get past or to, to defeat your Democratic opponents. So, frankly, in the run up to Iowa and New Hampshire, um, Trump wasn't you know, I went to a lot of a lot of rallies, a lot of events in those two states. Obviously, there's Trump bashing. There's but, you know, voters, Democratic voters take it. You know, it's taken for granted that Trump is terrible and he needs to be defeated. You don't really have to go through the the litany of issues. And the balance was becomes more, OK, how am I different than Bernie or Amy or Joe or any any of the other candidates? And really, you're focusing on how much of an attack on my opponents and the Democratic opponents can I can I get away with? For instance, I don't think this got as nearly as much coverage as it deserves, but I, I saw I went to a lot of Bernie events on the final uh, few days in New Hampshire. And I remember seeing one of our, our, our colleagues at, at CNN at one of them, and he hadn't been out. And he said to me, he's like, wow, he's attacking Buttigieg in the first two minutes of every stop at every stop. And, and, you know, so Bernie wasn't talking about Trump. He was attacking Buttigieg as a tool of billionaires because, you know, he found uh, in the FEC reports that a few billionaires had given Buttigieg $2,800, which, you know, frankly, that's not really how billionaires exercise influence in American politics is through those kind of campaign denotations. He launched that attack on the morning of the debate and then delivered again at the debate. You know, some candidates, they tee up the attack and then they shy away from it on the debate stage. Not Bernie Sanders. He launched that billionaire attack and then he went for it. And he was doing it every day. The other, I mean, I was just mystified as to how it was that the front runner was, you know, kind of keeping his foot on the throat of the guy who was behind him. And meanwhile, you know, the guys who should have been going after Bernie were all stuck in this kind of clogged lane and trying to distinguish themselves. You know, Klobuchar, Biden, Buttigieg, Warren, all, all trying to distinguish themselves and not really going after Bernie. Which, Fair to say that lane is still clogged? It's pretty clogged. Yeah. It's a big smash up. It's really defining this race. It really is. Ryan Lizza, thank you so much for being here. Greatly appreciate your time and perspective. Thanks, David. As always, we're grateful to our listeners. Please subscribe to The Daily DC on your favorite podcast app. While you're there, consider leaving a rating or a comment. It helps people find the show. And if you want to tweet about the podcast, please do so using the hashtag TheDailyDC. We're off on Monday for the holiday. Happy President's Day. But we've got a new episode on Tuesday. Have a great weekend.
When you work, you work next level. When you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.